Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, a roundtable community outreach. Today is Saturday, January 28, 2023. January is Cervical Cancer Awareness and National Blood Donor Month. This is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clavin, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. And in the studio today is our executive producer, Glenda Smith. She's with us to go over some things that's very, very topical right now. And our digital media producer, as always, is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. How are you doing, Glenda? I am so blessed, Sean, the most hostess, co-host. <laughs> How are you, sweetheart? Doing all right. You're doing a fabulous job. I'm trying my best. Seriously. I mean, when you say excellence, you have taken it to a whole different level. So bravo. Thank you. Bravo, sir. Um, I'm sitting in for the guest who was scheduled today, uh, Richard Brasher. Um, he had a family emergency uh, and uh, called, and of course we understood, so he's being rescheduled for another time. <clears throat> At this current time, I'm going to ask everyone to join us in a moment of silence in behalf of Tyree Nichols. In reflecting on that moment of silence in regards to the video that was um, shown yesterday throughout the news outlets everywhere, social media, everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. Um, Okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to let my feelings be true to how I'm feeling. The heaviness in my spirit, in my heart is just, I I just, I have no words. Seriously, I don't. Cliff and I was, was sitting together looking at the news when the video came on. I, when I heard that man screaming, I automatically got up and left out the room because I didn't want to start crying to upset, I didn't want to upset Cliff. So I didn't look at it. I just, I saw a glimpse of it and I just let it go. So Sean, from a black man perspective, what are you feeling right now? Outrage, um, but that's not even, that's not even the right word. It's not really, I don't think I have a word that really culminates all the things that when I'm thinking of my thoughts, I was very disgusted, particularly at the fact that regardless of what uniform you're wearing, whether it's a military uniform or a black and blue uniform or a UPS uniform, the fact that people that are supposed to be professionals would do this to their own kind. It was, these were five black men who, who killed a black man. And the, 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 I can't even imagine what a skateboarder could possibly have done at a traffic stop where five supposedly trained professional public servants would end his life, whether he ran or tried to get away or whatever. How does a traffic violation result in a death? And this is a, a story we've been told many times through the news of how something very simple turns into something very catastrophic. And that goes and resonates through every black man who lives in America because 
everybody, we've all been through it. We've all been in situations where something got a little bit escalated when it didn't have to be. We weren't necessarily, may not necessarily been doing anything wrong. But being at the wrong place at the wrong time, the wrong cop that gets pulls you over, and now you're in a situation where you have to be careful about what you do and what you say because it might trigger into something that you cannot come back from. And that could be not just necessarily losing your life. It could be your career being messed up. It could be you ending up in jail for something and having to defend something that you're not prepared to fight for. And that is something that every man has to deal with, every black man has to deal with. And I know that this happens, and it's not just it happens just to black people, but it happens disproportionately, particularly to black men. And yes, there have been black women this happened to. Breonna Taylor this happened to. Shot in her own home, had a bright future. So we, so this is, and, this, and, the, and the thing that is the most disgusting thing about it is that we can't just go back to, well, okay, well, this is a horrible thing, and then wait for the next event to happen. Mm-hmm. We do this with gun violence all the time. When we have kids that get shot up in schools, what do we do? We talk about it for a little bit, and then it goes back to normal at some point. Mm-hmm. Nothing really ever changes. Mm-hmm. We have to be the ones, particularly as veterans and people that have experience, particularly with hostile situations and crisis situations to get our voices out there to make sure that people know and understand how we can make a difference to get some shed some light and make some positive changes to improve the way our police work is done, improve the way our economy is handled, improve the way that our government functions, and also improve the way our laws are are written because this has gone way too far. It's gone. It's just too much. And uh, I don't hopefully there's not a violent outburst that we, we're, we're burning our own cities down, tearing up our own stores and our own communities. Some people might say, well, we don't own them. So what difference does it make? But at the end of the day, that doesn't bring us any further. I'd rather see our energy being put into actually creating positive change and holding our representatives and our, our political leaders accountable and our law enforcement accountable. That was compl- that was completely unacceptable. I know some people are, might, might bring up the point where these are black people committing killing other black people or black cops was so not racist. It is racist to the point because this is always happening from Rodney King to Trayvon Martin to now, you know, Terry Nichols. This is ha- Tyree Nichols. This is happening to us too often and too many times. And all of us just about I don't know any black man that hasn't been in a situation where you get pulled over and something that should have been very simple and easy turned into something very, very complicated. And is and it's not just a ten or fifteen minute or twenty minute uh, incident. Now it's a, f- a couple of hours. Now it's a couple of days. Now it might even be a week that you're dealing with the same situation over something very small and almost silly. As always, Sean Claiborne, you are brilliant and on point. Um, uh, as a woman, though, I'd like to hear your perspective because, like I said, with Breonna Taylor, that comes the first person came to mind, and that happened not that long ago. I know. From a black woman's perspective, I'm a child. I'm not a mother. Um, And I'm so blessed to still have my mother alive. But I'm wrestling with the fact that this man was crying out to his mother. And the initial onset of those officers pulling him out the car. He simply said, what have I done wrong? What's going on? He was even confused about the aggression of all of them 
encountering him like that at one time. And probably seeing five black men on top of that thinking, you know, you can talk to me. Yeah. So that screaming is in my mind. And the, the fact that his mother is going to have to adjust and live with the fact that the last thing that she probably can remember physically about her child is he was beaten, he was tortured, and he was screaming for her. I can't even imagine how Miss Nichols is sleeping or at this point dealing <laughs> second to minute to hour, one day at a time. I just, I just, from a black woman, I don't know from that part of what she's experienced as a mother. But as a black woman, I don't feel as comfortable as I used to um, in the streets because crime is out of control everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you're on edge constantly because you don't want to be misconstrued as the person who's making that police officer feel feel nervous because you may be looking a certain way or acting a certain way. So uh, it's just it's just it's just a very uncomfortable feeling right now in our society. I went this morning to get Cliff um some breakfast in High Park and a black police officer walked in. I saw the stripes on his show. He was a sergeant. So he walked in and automatically looked around the room, Sean, because they're they're not feeling happy about this. Mm-hmm. And as he got closer over to where I was, he looked me dead in my eye, and I looked him dead in his eye. And I, I, I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, thank you for your service, because I'm not going to allow myself to put all of them in one basket mm-hmm. because of a rotten few. And he said to me, thank you. And we didn't talk for a few minutes. We were both standing there waiting for our orders to be filled. And I turned to him and I said, once the handcuffs were on him, that should have stopped everything. Everything. He said to me, ma'am, you are exactly correct. He said, and what happened to them, happened to him, was because of those officers using their egos. Mm -hmm. They took their egos and their attitudes out on him. So, people, please let's understand, there are some great officers that serve this country across the nation. There are great white officers, black officers, Hispanic officers, Asian officers. There are some great officers, and let's support them. Let's stand hand in hand and support them. But we must demand, as a black woman, who's sitting across from an intelligent, brilliant, beautiful black man who sits over and looks at our digital media producer, another brilliant, beautiful white man. We are eclectic at America's Heroes Group in terms of our team and who works with us. We must demand we the people for police reform. Yes. And we we must come together and say what is fair from both sides, from the Republican, from the Democrats, from we the people, taxpayers, 
So this can never happen again. Amen. I just, Sean, got over George Floyd in such a way. Not over it, but it didn't feel so heavy anymore. I'm still dealing with, with Trayvon the Martin. Fact, right. With the fact he was laying on the ground screaming for his life. Mm-hmm. And then here come these five men <laughs> that happen to be black. You talking about spit in our face. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and then social media, um, someone was saying they should be charged with murder one. So I made a comment. They, they can't charge them with murder one because they didn't leave their house with the intent. Right. Let me go kill. Mm-hmm. Tyree Nichols. But anything else behind that? Yes. Right. And I want to see them, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I want to see them, and I'm looking you in your face, and you looking at me, you know what I'm saying, is 100. Mm-hmm. I want to see them prosecuted to the fullness of the law. And, and also, I want to see them in prison for a very long time. And also do the due diligence and look at these guys' histories, because more than likely they are into other things beyond this incident. Got to be, because it doesn't make sense that you guys, did did he know something about one of you? Is something behind behind the scenes that has not come out yet. Mm-hmm. Because, Sean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that five of you felt the need to treat this man like this. Five of you. Who personally has something against this man and all of you all because you officers and you part of this whatever club you call yourself did that to him? To teach him what? A lesson? Why? 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 It just, and everybody is wondering the same thing. Why? Why? Will we ever know, really, W-H-Y? Will we ever know those three letters and the meaning behind what happened? Will we ever know it? Mm-hmm. Hopefully this, I mean, not the, I'm, not to compare it to another horrible event in our U.S. history, but I'm, I'm always waiting for that Emmett Till moment where that one incident or crisis that finally makes a change or changes the way things are done. We've talked about this many times on this show. We talked about the fact that, hey, we know that, we know that, uh, uh, for example, court, certain types of courts, like drug court, veterans court, those things work. We actually put things in place where we're not just punishing people, but actually looking at things that cost less money, mm-hmm. cost less money to implement, and it's way more effective. We don't have the same people coming back to jail over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, depopulating our prisons by reforming the behavior by holding people accountable, mm-hmm. holding our police officers accountable, not using our police officers as mental health experts. Mm-hmm. When we have a person like, like, like Kwame McDonald, who's got a knife and obviously is not, you know, coherent. Why does it, why do you, what, who's the person that should be there? Should it be a social worker or a medical professional or somebody who can talk them down? Maybe somebody that can restrain them more uh, properly or do you, is a person with a gun showing up? Is that the person that you want to have handle that situation? Right. And you can't justify the fact that he was walking away, not coming to you. See, you we got to look at the bigger picture. You can't lie about what's video is showing. And thank God for social media. It gets on my nerves a little bit because, you know, I'm an IT challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but social media have really allowed people that's innocent to be shown in that light. Mm-hmm. And they can't back away from that. Yeah. So. This young man, death, is not going to be in vain. We thought George Floyd was would be the turning moment for police reform. I believe it's going to be this moment. You can hope and but, pray. But, but, we, but it has to start with us. We have to be the ones that demand that change. Absolutely. From our elected officials, from city, from local city, state to federal, it must happen. 
Mm-hmm. And it's been done before. In other countries, people have social workers, healthcare experts to deal with mental illness. Mm-hmm. We have smart gun reform. Smart gun reform. They don't have to take away all the guns, but with smart gun reform, where it's not so easy for someone to just pick up a gun and just go and shoot a thousand people. Right. Right. That has to be. That has to stop. All this stuff is interconnected and tied together, but at the same time, we need to at least start with one of the problems, training our police officers better. And, yes, we if there is – when you have a workload, anybody in the military knows this. If you've been – if you're – it's easier to go fight a battle with 100 uh, comrades versus 10 comrades. So, yes, having, having hiring police officers is important, but you have to make sure that you're not using the police officers to do jobs that they're not trained to do. When and the police officers see somebody that needs mental health, they need to back off and get somebody that can handle that job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes the low and responsibility off of that police officer trying to wear too many hats and, and living in that moment because I told that officer this morning, you and your fellow colleagues, comrades, have the right to go home every night. Mm-hmm. You have the right to go back in your house to your family and to your loved ones. But if you put in a situation and you think it moment by moment by moment, you're a human being when it's all said and done. You have some out there that push them to that limit. And at that moment of judgment, they act. Mm -hmm. But then you have those that need to be removed from the system. Because it's you. It's those, those crooked ones that's doing anything and allowing it to perpetuate. Mm -hmm. Those racist ones that's living from the past and can't let whatever you taught were taught and think go walking with a gun by your side and authority to act Mm -hmm. those people have to come out of the system because the little bitty handful the crumbs is making the whole sum look bad so it's constantly perpetuating i don't trust i don't feel comfortable disrespecting them and they don't deserve that Mm-hmm. If you don't have respect for the law, we don't have a good society. That's right. And that's what we have lost, Sean, to my to my summation in our communities. We don't have respect for police officers anymore, authorities anymore. We they these young adults are saying they're doing anything and daring them to act because if you do, here come your parents that should have been doing a little bit better job with you before you came outside that door. Now you want to jump in front of a camera and sue because he or she had the right to go home Mm -hmm. justifiably. Your child is wrong, but you're trying to find that loophole to sue to get some money. So we've got to, we got to rethink everything that we're doing. Right. And be honest about it, which is what we do here on the show. We try to make sure that we don't just look at it from one perspective, look at it all the possible perspectives. Cause we don't, I, I could give a damn if it's a Republican or a Democrat that solves a problem or both preach. All I care about is a problem to get solved. And we give you ideas. We give you the things and the data is out there. The research is out there using research based solutions to solve serious social problems. But it all only makes a stronger America. It makes a stronger world. It Absolutely. makes a stronger economy. It makes Absolutely. a stronger community. So I would like to make an announcement. U.S. Representative Danny K. Davis, 7th District of Illinois, invites you to a town hall meeting and listening session that will be held Thursday, February 16, 2023. Location, Austin Town Hall, 5610 West Lake Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60644, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
Any additional information or questions you may have, please feel free to call his office, 773-533-7520, and ask for his district director, Sharita Logan. I feel like, and I'm so happy that Congressman Danny Davis is one of our most prominent active advisory board members who has been with us from day one. I'm going to keep singing it because it's true. He gives himself, he helps financial, he does whatever we ask him to do. I know what he's about to do. This town hall is of the most urgency because he's going to address the fact of the debt ceiling and other things right now that is pressing the new Congress mm-hmm. that his constituents and others can come from anywhere to listen, and he wants you to ask questions. It says town hall meeting and listening session because we, the people, are going to have to stay in front of what's about to come at us through this new Congress because if all they want to do is get revenge and do whatever unnecessarily based on policy, then we cannot tolerate nor accept that, wasting our time and taxpayers' money. So. Mm-hmm. Bravo to him, as always, for being on the forefront of doing what's necessary. And key word to that event is listening. Yes. <laughs> so when you go there, you know, speak your mind, but listen to the other people that are there because that's how we get the stuff done. It's how you learn things. You can't, you can't learn if you don't listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I um, want to thank our listening audience, as always, for tuning in to America's Heroes Group globally. We are everywhere because of you. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to call our office. Matter of fact, a female veteran called our office last week in need of some financial support to pay utilities bill. Who did I call? Rochelle Crump, National Women Veterans United. She jumped in on it automatically. So bravo, National Women Veterans United. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We're advocates. People call us and what we do is direct them to the resources and information that they are disconnected from or need. And make sure that you guys understand that we have all our videos that has priceless information for veterans. Veterans or service organizations, reach out to America's Heroes Group because you can be connected and get you involved with a network of people and veterans that's 30 million strong. When you talk about veterans and their families and the friends and people that care about veterans, let's make this community bigger. Let's get it to 40 million strong. Let's make sure that you guys are reaching out, get us your information, come on our show. And also support, financial support. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. Tax write-offs, all come included. Make sure that you support us any way you can. Absolutely, because we need it. Because we're here for you, so you got to help us stay here for you. Um, to our technical producer, Lady Kaya, the smooth operator of excellence. You talking about professionalism? She checked me a couple of times when I went into the control room. Uh, Kai, she was like, uh, Miss Glenda, I did that already. Uh, but I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> so I backed up out of her. Yeah, because she is on point with T's and I's. Yes, she is. Our digital media producer, I cannot say enough for Ivan, and I'm serious. Because if, you, if you're viewing our show from YouTube Live, if you're Facebook Live, if you're looking at everything present about us, he has taken... Our show and revised and revamped and put it on C-SPAN, 60-minute level. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when he goes home, he constantly is texting me throughout the week because he's trying and thinking about new stuff. So you can't pay for passion. That's right. I tell anybody, people work for a paycheck, Mm -hmm. but passion is priceless. That's right. So bravo, excellence. 
I'm talking about you. Yes, look over here and smile. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Sean, we have two minutes left. Can you recap what your feelings are regarding the debt ceiling and the conversation that you had earlier with Stephanie? Because it was brilliant. What do you, just recap, general, whatever you're saying, whatever you're thinking. Well, I think the most important thing is that we, we talk about this again, getting back to making sure we hold our leaders accountable. It's unacceptable for for any disagreement to hold the country hostage and hold the the, the, the jobs, hold the, the uh, people that have the ability to pay bills, people's social security checks, veterans, disability checks, service members' paychecks. You have you know furloughed government workers possibly. You're holding a lot of people hostage and the prosperity of the economy hostage by not doing your job. So you got to go back to work, get the stuff figured out. Do not, do not let the debt limit get hit. Don't let us hit the debt limit at all. Please don't. I want to refer a book. Sean, can you put this in front of the camera? A good friend of mine wrote this book called The Light of the World, A Sermon in Poetry. It's a light read that you can purchase on Amazon for $5. He's a pastor. And I know him. I've known him for a very long time. And I appreciate the fact that if you're sitting somewhere having a cup of coffee, whatever, it's a light read. It's a scriptural reading, but you look at different uh, diverse comments that are made to the point where if you're looking to grow spiritually and have a more closer relationship with God, it just it takes it from that religious standpoint and just make it easy reading so i highly recommend it his name is uh the author is john um john shirtsk the name of the book is the light of the world a sermon in poetry go get it from amazon it's less than ten dollars all of you all once again in prayer we stand together hand in hand thanking you all for being a part of us and allowing us to be a part of you please have a safe and relaxing healthy wonderful weekend on behalf of cliff kelly the governor of talk radio colonel dr damon arnold sean claiborne ivan artigo kaya myself blessings Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.